From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week as we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So last week, we discussed the surprising research that showed having more relationship experience is linked to having a less happy marriage later on. Pretty provocative finding, actually. And it's in direct opposition to the popular advice that parents pass on to their young adult children today, that they shouldn't get married to the first person they fall in love with and should instead wait until later in life to get married and stay focused on their career. The problem with this narrative is that it leaves women, and men for that matter, with no guidance about how to live or specifically how to date in the meantime. Because if you harbor the mindset that marriage is not the goal or not the priority, then while you're dating around in the meantime, you have no roadmap for how to proceed. I agree with Matt Walsh, who I quoted last week, that there's really no point in dating if you have no end goal in mind. I mean, dating for fun would be okay if we lived in an era where sex wasn't such a free-for-all or presumed to be part of the dating experience. If you're not getting physical with a person, you can technically date several men at once for so-called fun or women at once. But with casual sex normalized in what we've dubbed hookup culture, this isn't possible. Which is why there's really no point in dating until or unless you do it with an eye toward marriage. I think that's why dating has become such a mess for young people today. They have no compass whatsoever. All the old rules have gone out the window and they're just flailing about. It's pointless and it's exhausting. So with that in mind, I am going to outline seven dating rules that work in any era because they're aligned with human nature, which is always a win-win because human nature doesn't change. I know that in most circles today, traditional dating is dead. So you might need to tweak these rules to fit whatever your dating life looks like. So in other words, if you're on the younger side, let's say, and you would describe dating as more like hanging out than actual, you know, going out on actual dates, these rules will still work. So it's not really the structure of the dating so much as it is how you're going to proceed while, while being with that person. Let's put it that way. I'm also going to direct these rules to women since they have all the power in the dating relationship. A man will take his cues from the woman. And probably the best description I ever heard to explain this um, dynamic, if you will, is um, from Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey's book called Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. He has a chapter in there entitled Sports Fish Versus Keepers. And he wrote that men fish for women, but can only catch what they're able to reel in. So he said, quote, men will treat women like one of two things, a sports fish or a keeper. A sports fish doesn't have any rules, requirements, respect for herself or guidelines. And we men can pick her scent up a mile away. She's the party girl, he added. As soon as she lets a man know he can treat her just any old kind of way, he will do just that. A keeper, on the other hand, quote, never gives in easily, he continued. 
Her high standards and expectations are evident from the get-go. A keeper, quote, understands and sorry, understands her power and wields it like a samurai sword. She commands, not demands, respect just by the way she carries herself, end quote. And here's my favorite part because it's so true. Men automatically know from the moment she opens her mouth that if they want her, they'll have to get in line with her standards and requirements. I think this is very, I think this is news to a lot of young women today because it isn't, um, you know, it doesn't fall in line with, with what they hear in the culture, which is sex is no big deal. Uh, men and women are the same. You shouldn't have to play any games, which, you know, I mean, it depends on how you're describing it. I mean, dating is a game in a way you're, you know, it's like you're, you're, when you don't know somebody you're, you're playing, um, playing it carefully while being yourself to see if it's a match. So in a sense, it is kind of like a game. So with that in mind, here are, I'm going to list seven dating rules for women that will help you to separate the boys from the men. Cause I know that's a big observation today that women are making that there's no boy, there's no men, there's just boys. Um, this, these rules will help you to separate those two groups and get you closer to your goal. If, if, if it is marriage. And like I said, just don't even date if you're not having an eye toward marriage because you're wasting time. I mean, seriously, it's just, unless you want to somehow bring back what I was talking about last week when I was talking about my, um, in my mother's day, where back in the fifties, forties and fifties, you actually could date several men at once because you weren't having sex with them. So if there's a way to do that, you could actually date several men at once to see if it's a match, to see if they're a match. Um, but, I, you know, you don't hear much about that. You, of course, you can do it today, but it would be very, actually be really smart, but um, unusual for sure. Okay, so without further ado, let's, let's go through these seven rules. Rule number one, let him chase you. I know this seems controversial today and it shouldn't. The natural order of things is for the man, not the woman, to take the lead in a relationship. After all, you want to be the woman he wants out of all the other woman he, women he could have, right? Well, there's only one way to do that. Let him come to you. Don't be the woman who acts all googly-eyed around the guy you like. Play it cool. Men are competitive by nature and love a challenge. They pride themselves on getting the girl other men would love to have. So if you reverse this dynamic by being the one who makes all the overtures, including being the first to text him, as opposed to responding to texts you've received from him, you may get a positive response, but you'll never know if the guy is just being polite or if he's truly into you. Because when a man is interested in you, you will know it. There will be zero confusion on your part. None, zero, just none. It'll be that obvious. I know this sounds old fashioned, but that's why it works. Whatever aligns with human nature will always work. It doesn't matter what year it is. The bottom line is that if the guy you like isn't chasing you, if he doesn't think you're the best thing since sliced bread and he doesn't move mountains to be with you, he's not your man. I mean, that's a little bit of hyperbole. You know, it's okay to, you know, it's okay to be on the shire side if you're a guy. 
you're not necessarily going to go all out, but you still have to make it very clear and known that you're interested in her and she shouldn't have to pursue you. That's basically my point. And keep in mind that many guys will happily respond to a woman's overtures, especially if she's pretty, even if he's not necessarily into her. They may also keep a relationship going because they either like the sex or they don't want to hurt the girl's feelings by breaking it off, thus making her feel there's hope when there really isn't. Because it can be super hard for a guy to let a girl down and say, there's really nothing here. You know, so you have to be able to read that. Bottom line, when a guy is truly into you, you will know it. There will be no question in your mind as to how he feels. So don't waste years of your life with someone who doesn't fit the bill and who you have to constantly wonder about. Rule number two. This is really controversial again, but shouldn't be. Don't offer to pay on the first date. There are three reasons why a woman should not pay on the first date. The first reason is as per rule one, the guy presumably asked you out, not the other way around. And the person who asks should be the person who pays. Seems kind of logical. The second reason is that accepting a man's willingness to pay says a lot about you. It lets him know that you value yourself, that you believe you're worth his spending his hard-earned money on. And that's a great place to start any relationship. The third reason is that when a man pays, it's a great opportunity to set up a relationship in which you're able to receive with graciousness. Just smile and say thank you. This is, this is important, believe it or not, to just learn how to do that. There's this idea that women owe men sex or something else, or, or well, I don't know what else, um, because they paid for dinner. That was, that's never been a thing. That's not a thing. Just being able to receive is, is enough. And as opposed to undermining his attempt at being chivalrous, for example, and insisting on doing things for yourself, this is a crucial part of the dating process. And once again, he's going to take his cues from you. I can't tell you how super important it is to set the right tone on day one of a new relationship or a potential new relationship. And when you offer to pay, offering to pay half of the date will cheapen the experience and make it feel no different from two friends grabbing a bite. And a date is different from hanging out with a friend, or at least it's supposed to be, should be. So just because you're capable of paying your way doesn't mean you should. Let him take care of it. It's okay later on if an actual relationship has been established to start offering to pay for things here and there. I'm just saying that at the outset, you want to set up the, dyna the dynamic that he's the pursuer and you're the receiver. He leads and you receive. Rule number three. This is a really big one. Never have more than two drinks. One is even better. Listen, I'm not a teetotaler, right? I'm not going to suggest you abstain from drinking altogether when you're out with a guy, but I am emphatically suggesting that in the early days of dating or hanging out, whatever it is, that you never move beyond drink two. What you do on your own time or with your own, with your girlfriends is one thing, but getting drunk on a date is the equivalent of shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you might as well have not had the date at all if you're going to be drunk while you're on it. It's just a waste of time. How much you should drink will mean something 
different for everyone in general, depending on your weight and your tolerance. But a good rule of thumb is to just never have more than two. And if we're talking stiff martinis, I don't know. Do we drink stiff martinis anymore these days? The young people, as I'd say, we do. I do, my generation, but I don't know if younger people do. But if you do, drink it very slowly and just stop at one because those things are potent. Sex and alcohol are also potent when you mix them. And nothing good can come of it when you're just getting to know someone. But a lot can be lost. There's a direct link between alcohol and hookup culture. So much so that I'm convinced hookup culture wouldn't even be a thing if there was no such thing as alcohol. That's a whole separate conversation, but important to, to note here. So be smart and stop at drink two. Rule number four, don't wear revealing clothing. Keep in mind, once again, we're to, before I get into this, we're talking about dating for marriage. We're not talking about dating for fun. So when you have your eye toward a relationship to lead to marriage, your MO has to be very different when you're just la, 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 you know, trying to have fun. So we're talking about dating for marriage here. And what we wear says a lot about what we think of ourselves and how we want other people to think of us. We get back what we put out into the world. So if you dress in a way that attracts a man to your breasts, for example, he's going to pick up on this vibe and make assumptions you don't want him to make. Whereas if you dress classy, you'll attract a man who wants to get to know you for you and not for your body. I mean, bring him toward what you want him to hear. Bring him up to your face and your mind, if that's what you want to connect with, um, as opposed to your body, because that's, he's going to connect in a different way. You don't need to use your body to get the guy. That's the most important thing that I do not think young women understand today, especially. You do not need to use your body to get the guy. Just be yourself without the alcohol and without the sex. And I'm not saying you need to dress like a nun. You know, it's fine to accentuate what you've got. Just do it in a classy fashion. And the way you behave matters too. If you're giggly and silly and loud, which tends to go hand in hand with alcohol, but you're not going to be doing that if you're following rule three. So you're much more likely to attract the kind of guy who's not ready for marriage if you act that way, but you're not going to be doing that. Just don't let it all hang out when you're on a date. That's what I'm saying. Don't talk to the guy the same way you would talk to your girlfriends, for example. Don't be the fun, drunk party girl because a guy will date that girl. I mean, he'll certainly have sex with her, but he's not going to marry her. Party girls are the women guys date until they find the one who's marriage material. Be that girl. Rule number five, don't go on and on about how smart and successful you are. I have some news that may come as a shock. Men don't care about how smart and successful you are. It's not that men aren't interested in your passions or in what you do for a living. They definitely are. But they're going to notice if your career is your entire focus or, or identity. And that's not a selling point to a man who's ready to provide and to protect for his family. So if that's the kind of guy you want to attract, you're coming in with your guns loaded about being the provider isn't going to attract that kind of man. In fact, if you ask the average man, I mean, at least a grown man, to write down what he's looking for in a wife, what she does for a living or how much money she makes or how successful she is will not make the list. 
he's not looking for the same things you are. When you go on and on about your career with a man you're newly dating, it tells them that you're really not ready to settle down, at least not in the way that he would want to settle down. You're not quote unquote wife material because a man who's ready for marriage is looking for a woman who wants to have children and who's nurturing. And if your career is all you talk about, that's basically going to tell him what he needs to know, which isn't to say that there aren't plenty of men who will be responsive and you and end up, they do end up marrying a lot of career women, but it ends up being a problem down the line if their values in that way are not aligned. And I, that's, it gets very, very tricky there. Um, so that's why I'm saying if, if, if you're ready to get married and you want to be a mom and you want to be nurturing and you want to have a family, presumably, um, you're, you're going to bring that side out in the dating relationship. Um, and it's important to, to make that connection with him early on. Okay. Rules number six, don't date a man who hasn't landed on his professional feet. This is probably the biggest of them all for today's times, because this is what's happening everywhere. Um, it's, it's an epidemic. It really is. Um, women are not at all taught to look for a man who can provide for them. Cause that's, you know, taboo to even talk about or think about, even though just about all of them are going to want that down the road. Um, When you're, when you're not thinking about it at all, you end up attracting the kind of man who probably won't be a provider. And it's kind of a chicken or egg thing. You know, women will say, well, there are no men out there like that, or there are fewer of them, which is technically true. But then the flip side of that is, but are you, what are you, what are you putting out and getting back? Because chances are, if you're putting out that you're going to be your provider, your own provider, you're going to attract the man who isn't looking to provide. So it's a yin and a yang thing. I think there's plenty of quote unquote blame to go around. Although this isn't about a blame game. This is just what we're bringing to the table and what we receive back from the universe based on what we're putting out there. So again, this is probably the most important rule of all, since so many women today wind up with men who earn less than they do. Choosing to date and then marry a man who isn't gainfully employed or who earns far less than you do is one of the greatest mistakes women make today. And I have a roster of female clients who would tell you the same thing. It may be progress that more women are successful in their own right and therefore don't, um, won't be wind, won't wind up strapped, I should say, in the event of a divorce, which is kind of what the message has always been. The problem is that we overcorrect it by teaching women to never depend on a man and to become their own permanent providers. Women no longer think to pay any attention to a man's earning power. Like I said before, the assumption is that it doesn't, or it shouldn't matter. But of course it does matter to women who want to live slower paced, family friendly lives, which, um, most women do, even if they don't know they do, you know, they eventually find out that they do want to. And you'll, you'll wind up making a series of decisions based strictly on the math without considering how this role reversal will impact your relationship down the line. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that old fashioned advice of, you know, look for a man who can support you still holds true today. It absolutely does. 
because most women, once they have a baby, will want the option to stay home with them, with him or her. And it just won't be there if you have, if you have a major role reversal and you've had that from day one and you didn't pay any attention to um, a man's earning power or professional path. So just don't date any man who isn't on a clear professional path or who doesn't know where he's going and how he's going to get there. He doesn't already have to have landed. He has to be on a path, though. He has to have purpose and a plan and a means of getting there. And I'm not talking riches. I'm talking stability, purpose, and a plan. Really, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, although it has gotten to be um, very difficult for young men to do today. There's no question about that. Um, but again... Um, we just need to instill that message back into women and not be afraid that it sounds old school because um, ignoring it is causing tremendous pain down the road. Okay, the last rule, rule number seven. Move on if he can't commit. Just move on. A great rule of thumb for deciding if it's time to jump ship is that if your guy hasn't proposed by the middle of year two, he's probably not going to. This will be different, of course, if you met your person in high school or college, or if you're dating at age 20 versus at age 30. But if you are dating at age 20, you're probably not planning to get married right now anyway. So age has a lot to do with the question about how long you should stick with the same guy. Most men won't commit in their early 20s because men mature later than women and because men prefer to be really established before they make that move. So that's one rule of thumb. Still, too many women who are well into their 30s, or sorry, in their, well into their 20s and even 30s, waste years of their lives hoping they can talk a boyfriend with whom they may or may not be living into marriage, or they simply hope he'll change his mind and pop the question. But you need to discern whether or not a man is marriage material early on in the relationship. And then don't stick around if he isn't. That's how women get into trouble because they wind up wasting months or even years with the wrong man at a time when they really cannot afford to. You'll know right away when you're dating a man whether or not you and he are on the same page with respect to marriage. I mean, it, it's kind of obvious, really. These are natural conversations that occur when you're dating. If you don't know, then you're not communicating the way you should be when you're out together. Either which way, the bottom line is that if your guy hasn't made any overtures, or if you have to, God forbid, wonder what he thinks about marriage as an institution or the worthiness of marriage, then just run. He's not the guy for you. Don't you want to marry a man who you know with every fiber of your being loves you and only you? Wait for that guy. So that's it. That's how to date for marriage in any era. Now, it's true that because of all the changes with respect to gender roles, there are fewer men who are stepping up to take the lead, as I said. And this is negatively affecting the dating experience. And that's, that's a fact, no doubt. But the only way to begin to turn things around is for women to reject cultural norms and to put these timeless dating rules into action. It really is going to be up to women. They will unquestionably help send a message to men that they will eventually pick up on, or, or they won't, which will work as a sort of process of elimination and bring to the forefront men who do get the memo, so to speak. That is really the best course of action for women to help course correct the mess 
that has been created when it comes to dating and to get what so many women really want today and which they're embarrassed to talk about, which is, you know, or even admit, which is another conversation. And that's a ring. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker show. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to leave us a review as well as share this episode with a friend. As always, you may reach me with any questions or comments at Suzanne at the SuzanneVenkerShow.com. And if you would like to support this podcast, which would be very much appreciated, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash the Suzanne Venker Show. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.